Yo, welcome back to episode 58 of the local podcast. I hope you guys are all prepped for the holidays and you're having a good week so far. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Brian Nicholas Jewelry. They are Westmoreland's best kept secret for all your jewelry needs and they're located conveniently inside of the Pawn and Jewelry Exchange right in downtown Greensburg, right down the road. Their husband and wife team, Brian and Ashley, they're there to bring your jewelry ideas to life and make the jewelry buying experience something that you won't soon forget. They're there to help you out with all of your jewelry repairs, engagement rings, just because gifts, or appraisal needs. On site, you have a master jeweler and a certified appraiser. You don't have to send those things out and then wait a couple days to hear things back. They're right there at your fingertips. You can find them on Instagram and Facebook at Brian Nicholas Jewelry, or you can just stop in and say hi at the Pawn and Jewelry Exchange. There's convenient parking right there at the pawn shop. You won't have to go search for a parking spot. So uh, what are you guys waiting for? Get down there and check it out. This episode is also brought to you by Greensburg Video. If you and your company are in need of social media videos, web videos, broadcast TV commercials, anything that you can think of that has to do with photography or video, you can hit me up at greensburgvideo.com or gbgvideo.net. Also, don't forget that you can advertise on this very podcast. If you're interested in that, reach out. On today's show, we're going to talk about mental health and happiness, two subjects that I think are very important to talk about this year. Um, we have Kim Broadus and Morgan Zimmerman, two licensed pros in here to talk with us about that. So uh, let's do it. Welcome to the Local 724 Podcast in three, two, one. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Local Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Hauser. Today, we have Kim Broadus and Morgan Zimmerman. In to talk to us today about some mental health and mental awareness. And uh, especially now, I think it's a good time that we talk about those things. So ladies, welcome to the show. How are Thank you? I'm, I'm good. Thank you for having us. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, That's great. We're excited to be here. Yes. We are. All right. So what's, uh, what do you think, you know, this year, I guess has, uh, has done to people what's uh you know what what has the pandemic done to people this year well that's a big question yeah swinging for the fences right out of the gate (laughs) yeah i mean you went you went right into it um so i know i don't know the exact stats on this but i think what i've seen throughout my own observation i think some stuff that we know is that anxiety has increased depression has increased um, suicidal ideation has increased overdoses have increased. And so that's pretty significant and very telling of how this pandemic and how these times in the world has been affecting people. Um, and so I do really appreciate you having us on to talk because whenever we were collaborating about this, um, and whenever you and I were discussing off camera that this stuff needs talked about more. Mm-hmm. Everybody yeah. is affected. Everybody's having emotions in one way or another. Um, but I don't think that it's normalized to the degree that it needs to be to talk about it. Yeah, no, I totally agree. It's, you know, I'm an open book. It's um, it just like, you know, at the beginning all of all of this, like I was kind of like, you know, you don't ever want to be the guy that's like, uh, this is awesome type of thing. But I do think that like, 
most people, uh, when they hear something that like bad is going to happen, it's interesting. You know, it's kind of like, you know, you don't want to actually see, uh, any kind of like a war take place, but you sit there and you get this like little feeling in your stomach. You're like, Oh my God, this is like exciting. This is like scary and blah, blah, blah. So at the beginning of this, I was kind of like that. I was just kind of curious about what this would bring. And, uh, you know, a few months into, you know, me and my wife just sitting here and, uh, we didn't have the kids with us. They were with their dad and it was just like, things were like really terrible. And we were just like, man, this is like really depressing. And I ended up getting back on, uh, I had some, uh, anxiety medication that I hadn't taken since my twenties. And I ended up getting back on it, you know, whenever this happened. And it was just like, you know, I, I feel like, um, I don't know, m- most people might not agree with me, but I feel like I'm a well-rounded person. And, uh, I feel like people that maybe aren't so, uh, you know, confident, uh, mentally would probably have a really rough time with this. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you, Morgan. Oh, um, no, I was just, uh, gonna agree with you and, um, you know, agree with Kim too. Not only are we seeing people who had existing mental health disorders have more severe symptoms, we've also been getting a lot of people who never went to therapy or, you know, maybe they never experienced this type of thing. Um, And then, you know, just kind of that morbid curiosity that I think we all have, right? Um, Sometimes we're curious what what these things are going to look like. Um, But the domino effect has been so severe, um, economically and financially for people that that too, um, has really affected people's, uh, mental health as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I just have to say, you know, I appreciate you being honest and transparent about that, Jordan, because part of why we wanted to have this conversation. Right. And I am very big on talking about the importance of vulnerability. And so part of how we normalize these emotions and we normalize these experiences is by having vulnerable moments and normalizing those emotions, because that allows us to connect with other people, right? Mm -hmm. Whenever we're holding things to ourselves as if it's only me or only I'm going through this, we start to shame ourselves. Um, And nothing good comes from that. We can't shame ourselves into feeling better and we can't shame ourselves into changing. And there's a lot of research on that. And I can, I can kind of go on a tangent and give more info with that. But so thank you for just opening up and sharing that. Cause I think that that's going to do more good and help people by relating and connecting even to what you said there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, you know, that's the group of people that I hang out with, like my friends, family and stuff. I mean, we're all pretty much the same, like we're open books. And, uh, I think we feel really comfortable reaching out to one another and just saying like, man, you know, my anxiety is like getting really rough about this or that, or, you know, the shit sucks really bad. And I'm just like depressed. And like, you know, we, we talk to each other like that and it's just, uh, I think like what you said, like normalizing it is it's really important because I remember like back in the day, like, um, this is before I ever had anxiety. I was like, I was really young. My mom had anxiety and I remember always like, that was kind of a secret. Like we didn't want anyone to know. Um, and it's not even like a big thing, like anxiety, like everybody fucking has anxiety, but it's like, um, 
you know, she was, it was really hard for her to like take us to the grocery store and stuff like that. And I remember like when I was a kid, I was the, I was the dickhead who was like, this is like, so it's, we're just going to the grocery store. What's the big deal? Like, blah, blah, blah. like it was, I couldn't understand what she was going through. And now that I have it, I'm just like, you know, and there's points in time where I have to like seclude myself from the family or do something, you know, like go sit on the couch and be alone for 10 minutes. Now I, I understand. I get it. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to say something to what you were sharing because yeah. I don't think you were a dickhead. I think you were a kid. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> and I think you're bringing light to something important. Yeah. We, we all have anxiety. It's a normal emotion. The problem mm-hmm. is whenever it escalates to where our emotional response is not fitting the problem. Right. So that's whenever we might have more of an anxiety disorder or struggling with it a bit more than somebody else. And so I think that we do have to normalize anxiety and change our relationship with that too. So whenever I get anxious, can I make sense out of that versus shaming myself as if I'm having an inaccurate emotion? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just, um, you know, it's such a, it is as much as we're saying, like it should be normalized. I think it is to a point at, you know, now, um, but it could stand to be more normalized, I think. And I, I think if anything good really has come from this year, I think, um, not only talking more about mental health in general, because it, it is, we are seeing people with more severe symptoms right now and, um, things like suicidal ideation and, uh, you know, the more severe symptoms are increased. Um, but also we got a lot of help from the insurance companies in that before they wouldn't let us use a platform like this. Mm -hmm. So I think in some ways too, this year, we've been able to reach more people and more people have maybe been able to get help because going back to your mom, uh, there's lots of people who even coming to therapy can be a barrier because they're anxious. They're not sure what it's going to feel like. So if they can be in the comfort of their own home, uh, that's, that's been a really beneficial. I've noticed it with my clients. Um, I feel like people are, are comfortable sharing things, even deeper things than they would in my office when they're at home yeah. in their own environment. Yeah. I was going to ask. Um, I mean, like, I think, you know, as, as crappy as it is that, you know, we can't see each other face to face and things. Uh, but just like you said, being in the comfort of your own home, like really does kind of give you that, uh, you know, that little nudge to, to just, you know, say things that you might not feel comfortable saying. Cause like maybe you're already getting uncomfortable about going, you know, mm-hmm. and sitting in somebody else's office in a place where you're not familiar. And then it's just like, Oh, I want to get out of here as soon as possible. Make this like as painless as possible. But, um, you know, doing the telehealth thing, I think is, is very cool. Have you guys seen, um, you know, an increase, I guess, just in, in patients like numbers. Yeah. Um, I would say so. I, it, it got to a point, let me back up for a second. Cause actually I started working fully for myself the beginning of March. Mm-hmm. So this was right before the pandemic happened and I got full very fast. And I don't oh, say that to 
you know, of course I'm happy, you know, to be able to do that, but I'm not happy that people are struggling. You know, I want to yeah. be a support and I want to be there for people, but to get full that quickly, um, in terms of my schedule and my caseload and the clients that I can take, I think that's pretty telling. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know that we've both discussed getting a significant amount of referrals, which is great because I'm glad people are taking the step to say, Hey, maybe now's the time that I need to focus on myself and explore my feelings and how things are affecting me. I think that is a beautiful thing that's come from this pandemic where people are willing to take that step because of the pandemic, even if it's been something that's been needed for a long time, right? Because mm-hmm. I also think working on ourselves, self-improvement, self-growth, it's a cool thing. It, oh, really is. Yeah. It's cool to get to know yourself more. It's cool to work on the relationship with you. And something I talk about a lot, and I'm sorry, I'm kind of spinning off into something. No, that's all right. Keep going. <laughs> I'm just going to say. <laughs> that's how it goes. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, wait a second. I'm going way off of there. But something I talk about a lot is the most important relationship that we have is the relationship with ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. How many yeah. people really invest in the relationship with themselves? I think we're taught to, you know, be kind and compassionate and courteous to other people, but are we doing those things for ourselves? And at least from my own observation, what I notice with people with high anxiety and high depressive symptoms, it's very often correlated with a negative view of self and a negative relationship with self. So I think if anything, this pandemic just exacerbated, I can never say that word, the symptom that people were already having. Yeah. It's, it's a weird thing because it really wasn't for me personally, like it wasn't just the sitting at home and things like that. I mean, because my wife and I were like, we really, we really made a good use of that time. Like it was, we were having, you know, more uh, like movie nights and things like that, like things that we really don't ever get into. Like we don't like sit and watch movies per se, like we'll get into shows, but we would like watch movies and make like dinner and like do that, you know? So we were having a great time doing it. Um, like the zoom hangouts, things like that. You know, we were having drinks with friends over zoom hangouts and stuff. Um, the big thing for me this year was politics and it wasn't the, it wasn't a thing that ever affected me ever in my entire life. I'm not, I wasn't very political at all until this year and then compound the, you know, this pandemic on top of that. And, uh, just all the information that comes out on like social media and stuff, you really have no idea what's real, what's not. Um, you know, you don't know what other people are going through and you're just like, literally you read one thing and you get pissed off and you start yelling. Like somebody shared something yesterday that was like, you're not allowed to share shovel your neighbor's sidewalks. And it was like tagged with like the PA state department and whatever. Like it looked. Oh, I saw that. I know what you're talking about. And everyone was like, this is bullshit. I'm going to go shovel everybody's walk now. And it's like, it was a joke. Somebody made that. And you know, it just made people fight back and forth. Yeah. Cause didn't it say on there, you can't go sled riding. You, it was like everything you can't do. And I read it too. I'm like, I don't feel like this is accurate. And then I saw that it was fake, but people were sharing that as if that was 
the truth. And yeah. you brought up so many good points in that. Yeah, because it was ridiculous. The, the, the graphics that people make can, they look so legit and uh, we can certainly get into like the, the social media and, you know, all of the misinformation that was spread. And I, I do think that that's good to talk about. I also want to highlight something that you said that I think is so important. So you said at the beginning of this, you and your wife were spending more time together, mm-hmm. watching movies, doing these things. And I think that is something that we recognize that I hope that we hold true even moving forward in that I think in our culture, we glamorize busyness and things came to just a grinding halt. And I talked to so many people who realized our family was running itself ragged and we're happier now that we're doing less. And, you know, they were even saying like moving forward, I don't know if we're going to do some activities. I don't know if we're going to do activities every single night of the week and things like that. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that that's such a good thing that you got to experience. Um, But I would agree, you know, the, the atmosphere with politics this year got so cruel and people are cruel to each other. And um, you know, it, it feels like such high stakes to possibly have a different opinion from somebody uh, especially online because things can get so mean so fast uh, because you know, there's that, that anonymity of not, you know, I don't have to look you in the face and say all these things and deal with, you know, seeing how it might affect you. Um, And I just, you know, I found social media in general to just become very toxic. And I've encouraged people to, you know, maybe do less of that. Look Mm -hmm. at less things, unfollow people. If you don't want to unfriend them, that's fine, but at least unfollow them. Don't look at their stuff um, and find other outlets where you can either connect with people or be entertained. I mean, get it. We, we like to scroll. We like to, you know, entertain ourselves, but I, I think people are getting high blood pressure over it. You said you felt your blood pressure rising and that's people really are these, these, the, the news articles that are being shared, especially the fake ones, uh, getting people all upset over nothing. Yeah. It's literally just like, I mean, that's people have fun doing this. Like there's Mm -hmm. people, you know, the internet trolls, they just sit there, they make something like this, they share it and they just watch it explode. And they sit and laugh while people are like, you know, threatening, like, yo, the next time I see you, I'm going to punch you in the face. And it's like, for what? You know, it's nuts. There's a lot of reactivity online. And I, I think Morgan, one time, whenever you and I were talking, obviously off of this, you brought up a good point of that stuff with, people just having more time to focus on something. So there was excitement over the political stuff because a lot of people felt like their normal activities were stripped away from them. So I think it being this year, along with just COVID, it intensified. Oh yeah, for sure. People an identity too. You know, you want to feel like you're part of something or part of a group, part of a tribe, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're not wrong. Definitely. I did want to go back to, uh, Morgan, something you said right away. Uh, it was the busy culture. Like mm-hmm. everyone takes pride in that. And that's like something that's kind of, 
the uh, personal struggle I had with like corporate atmosphere. That's why I run my business by myself now. It's just like, you know, I worked down at like a giant retail. I, I worked at American Eagle corporate down in uh, Pittsburgh. So in that office, it's a bunch of young, mainly young people who are like super hungry, super corporate and they like five o'clock rolls around. There's no end in sight and no one wants to be the first one out the door. So everyone just sits there and waits until boss leaves. And then it's like, and I wasn't that guy. I was like, yo, 458, I'm up putting my jacket on and like, I'm out the door. And everyone was just like, started to look at me as like, I'm, you know, the outsider. I'm the black sheep guy. I'm the, I'm the dude that like, you don't want to piss off. And like, you know, you know, it's, it was such a weird thing. And I was just like, there's life outside of this place. And I think that, you know, when everything came to that grinding halt, it just really reset everyone. And there's people that like, I really disagreed with and couldn't, couldn't stand to be around in that corporate, uh, corporate atmosphere that, uh, I I'm seeing online are really slowing down and like enjoying life. Yeah. It's great. I think, I think it's awesome that people are like really starting to do things that, you know, they haven't allowed themselves to do. Like, I mean, I started playing guitar again over, over the, the pandemic. Like that's something that I haven't done for probably 15 years. And I got into it and now me and my stepson play together. It's fun. It's great. Me and my friends play, you know, via this type of thing. And it's, it's just real fun. You know, people are slowing down and they're really trying to figure out what makes them happy. And I think it's important. That's a really cool thing. I think that's a good point too. And yeah, that, that busy culture, um, but I think like, too, I think it's allowed people to take the time to see why we talk about self-care being so important and to really become more aware of how much energy am I devoting towards overworking and how much energy have I been putting towards taking care of myself? And I think, too, now that people have slowed down, there's a good baseline to understand and to see and feel what it feels like to be less busy, right? And Morgan and I have said a few times about like you're not going to get a gold medal for working yourself to death and burning yourself out. What right. do you get for that? Nothing. Like maybe a little bit more money here and there. Yeah. But is that worth burning yourself out and being more irritable and agitated and tired and exhausted? Not no. so much. Yeah, definitely not. I mean, like how, how have you guys been coping since you're the professionals? A good question. Like how, how is this affecting you and how do you guys, like, do you have to talk to yourselves or do you talk to each other? How does that, how does that work? Um, do you want me to go first, Morgan? Or? I'm good. I don't, I don't want to step on your toes. So if you want to go and <laughs> right, since I stole your intro too. See, you're so much more kind. That's why I love her so much. <laughs> So that's a great question. Actually, I want to kind of speak about Morgan here and throw her under the bus in a good way because she's not only a colleague, but also somebody that is one of my best friends. And I'm definitely privileged and lucky to have a friend like her. And also, so I think that having that support and having somebody to 
bounce how we're feeling off of is crucial. And I think it's really crucial to practice what we preach. I'm very big on that. Mm-hmm. I think if I'm expecting other people to implement self-care and taking care of themselves or exposing themselves to something that they're anxious about that they've been afraid to do, I need to practice that myself too. So during all of this, I think that we've leaned on each other a lot. Um, Morgan's probably one of the people I talk to the most out of my friend list because we get it. And we're also trying to be there for other people, but we need to be there for ourselves and each other as well. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Morgan, how did, how, how do you feel about it? Uh, I mean, I feel really similar. Um, You know, we're, we're therapists, but we're humans. And mm-hmm. so that's what, like, that's what I like to, to, to tell my clients as well. And I, you know, I, I don't mind if they see that human side of me as well. Um, but you know, when, when all of this started, um, it, I was so thankful to have Kim because we did our, I, we do a lot from home now. Um, cause well, I finally got internet. Um, but at the beginning we were doing it at the office and it was so nice um, to not be alone, right. To, to have another person to see when we were kind of taking this break and, um, not seeing people in person. And, um, you know, I trust Kim just about more than anybody in the world. Um, I think we, we know a lot about each other and, um, we're there for each other. Not only do we support each other, but we challenge each other as well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we, we highlight for each other, you know, maybe some things to think about. Um, and so, you know, we have a very strong friend connection that's helpful. Um, but we also hold each other accountable. And I think we hold a great importance, the other types of self-care that we want our clients to do as well. The more boring self-care of, you know, just regular check-ins with our doctors and our dentists and, and taking care of ourselves in that way. Um, not only am I a therapist, I have my own therapist. Um, so when this started ramping that up, um, I took this time and I, I really appreciated having some extra time to focus on self-care, not only seeing a therapist, I, um, saw a different, Um, I saw a registered dietitian for some food stuff for intuitive eating. And, um, I really appreciated the, the slowdown because so many things for me became apparent of, I really need to take care of this. I need to address this and it's getting in the way. And so I think, I know we do it as therapists, but I would imagine other professions do it as well. Um, a lot of times Kim and I talk about how we're getting in our own way. And so um, I think that this was a good time for us to reflect, at least for me, I'll speak for me. I won't speak for Kim, but it also sounds like you have colleagues that experience that as well. And so, you know, you're talking about that corporate culture at American Eagle and mm-hmm. how nobody wants to leave. I'm sure everybody wanted to leave, Oh yeah. but <laughs> nobody wanted to be the first one out the door. And so now we're seeing at the end of the day, who's, who's really important when like, when shit goes bad, is it, is it all the corporate people that are there for you or is it your friends? Right. So I think also kind of, realizing at the end of the day, it's our friends and family that get us through. Um, you know, I've been leaning on them for, you know, for, for my self-care. Yeah. And And I, I assume they've probably all been leaning on you guys too. Like, do you (laughs) find you guys are getting some more family phone calls? Um, I mean, I think we do. I think what's been 
challenging for this. And a couple of colleagues had shared the article and I really appreciate it. Um, you know, Kim can speak to this as well. We've learned how to compartmentalize, mm-hmm. right? We can, I can receive bad personal news, compartmentalize it and go do a session. And sometimes I prefer that because I'm good at that. I'm good at disconnecting because you have to, to, to do well, you have to be able to do that. But for this, it was so new. We're learning about COVID this at the same rate as everybody else. Yeah. So our fear and anxiety is also in real time. And so in some ways, it was a little bit harder to compartmentalize that. So yeah. that part was difficult. Well, especially because I think in, you know, prior to COVID, we, we are looked at and we are considered the experts on, you know, human behavior and relationships and mental health diagnoses and things like that. And so people were turning and have been turning to us on what to do during this. And so it like, we're going through this with you. Right. And so Mm -hmm. we're trying to pick apart the anxious responses, the depressive responses and try to normalize that. But there's been a lot of uncertainty. There's been a lot of unknown, you know, around COVID and around this year and when is it over? When are things going to be back to normal? Um, I also just want to step back for a moment to something Morgan was saying. She said that so beautifully. You did an awesome job with that. of talking about the self-care and just leaning on each other. And I just want to make the comment of, and this is my bias, every good therapist has a good therapist behind them. And so Morgan and I talk about this a lot of how it's so important to, you know, again, practice what we preach, work on self. Cause people will often ask, I don't know if this happened to you, Morgan, like, well, do you see a therapist? Well, like, how does a therapist get a therapist? And I'm like, yeah, I, I absolutely do. And there doesn't have to be anything wrong to work on yourself. Right. And I think that's a misconception that I definitely wanted to speak to, because as I said earlier, working on self can be a cool thing. Like maybe you want to get to know yourself more. Maybe you want to challenge yourself and see the areas that you might need to work on. And so I'm a very big advocate to that. And I try to practice that within my own life. <laughs> Yeah. It's, I mean, the self-care thing, it's, it's gotta be probably one of the most important times to really buckle down and, and, and think about that type of stuff. It's, I know like in the beginning of this, um, my wife and I were like, Oh man, we're gonna, the only thing we can do is go take walks. So we took walks. We were like walking like eight miles a day or something like that. Like we were going down like the five-star trail and back and like all this stuff. And, um, we were like really strict on our diets. Everything was great. And then I remember specifically the one day that I was like, I just looked at her and I was like, who knows when we're going to have to see people again? Like, I just don't fucking care anymore. I'm going to eat a cake today. And that's what I did. We went to the store, we got ourselves some funfetti cake and I ate the entire thing in I think two days. And I was just like, this is fantastic. And I just kept doing that for months. And then finally I was like, all right, (laughs) we're like, I'm falling off the rails here. So had to get back on it. And that was tough too. You know, that was really hard to like, okay, I'm not having McDonald's for lunch. I'm eating a salad, (laughs) something like that. Yeah. No, you bring up a good point because a lot of people have felt bad about that, Jordan, right? People Mm -hmm. felt bad and felt shame and guilty for gaining weight 
or for not eating like they did prior to this. And that also needs normalized, right? Right. If you gained 10 or 15 pounds during a pandemic or 30 or or (laughs) no judgment, no judgment. Yeah. Cake made you happy in that moment. Hell yeah. You were craving that no judgment. That's right. And, and Kim knows how important this is to me. And this is something that I've worked on and I really, you know, eventually see myself kind of adding this into, into my business of, of what I do, but, um, just the, this really, we can, I can talk for hours about this, but the toxic culture, like the diet culture, um, Mm -hmm. just the shaming posts about, you know, the quarantine 15 and, you know, how shameful it must be to gain weight. And there's a TikTok trend of people, um, you know, showing themselves at the beginning of the year and how fit they were and now where they are now, but that's the body that you survived a pandemic in. And so if you need to eat some cake. I'm still then- here. Can okay. You- good. Okay. I Let can hear just- you. Okay. Cool. Yeah, we can yeah. hear you, just don't see you. Yep. You can keep going. I can oh, hear I- you. All right. Um, no, I was just saying, I, I think that, um, you know, it's just, that's something in our culture that I would like to see change that I do see yeah. changing people, um, kind of speaking out against that. And, you know, lots of brands are being more inclusive and mm-hmm. showing all different types of bodies. Cause all bodies are good bodies and yeah. you can health, you can improve health and it doesn't have to change any number on the scale, but you can feel healthier because you might have felt it might be disappointing to not eat McDonald's for lunch, but maybe you physically felt better eating a salad. Whether or yeah. not the scale went down or not, you know how you felt and how it felt in your body. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, uh, the body positivity thing, that's something that's like pretty close to my heart that I did actually enjoy from American Eagle and Aerie and things like that. That company, Aerie specifically, is <laughs> that's their whole motto. And Absolutely. Um, so when I was working there and I was working on those campaigns, um, you know, shooting those videos and, and stuff like that, that was fantastic. And it brought me to a point where, um, I don't know if you guys know who Iskra Lawrence is. She's, um, she is, she's a model. Um, I guess a plus size model. She's like four, five, six million followers. She's like one of the biggest, most popular models like ever. And, um, so she was, she was the, who headed up the campaign for us. And, uh, she's such a sweet girl. Like we would, you know, meet on set and you would think like, Oh my God, like this is the equivalent of talking to, uh, yeah, Cindy Crawford or something like this is like mega model, like supermodel shit here. And, um, so sweet. So down to earth and all that stuff. And I remember like seeing videos of her on like Instagram, um, of stuff that we would shoot and then these internet trolls coming and saying like, yo, go eat a bag of chips or something like that. And the way she would deal with that is she would come back with a video of her eating a bag of chips and like literally just dumping chips in her mouth. And it was so awesome to see somebody just say like, yo, I'm, do you know who I am? Like, I mean, I don't care, like make fun of me, do whatever you need to do. And, um, you know, she was fine with it and that really empowered people as well, mm-hmm. you know, for her to come back and like, uh, I don't know what the kids call it. Clap back these days. 
<laughs> I think that is the term. That was good. There you no. go. Yeah. But it was, it was really cool. And, uh, you know, to be a part of that, uh, you know, that culture for like four or five years was fantastic. And that's something that will stay with me forever. I love it. That's great. And I, you know, I, I appreciate the brands that, that had a lot to lose, right? Because before something is a thing, right? Before it's the body positivity movement, mm -hmm. then it's just a brand taking the chance. And I think American Eagle and Dove were at the forefront of that. And oh. so you're absolutely right because they, they did have a lot to lose. And so I think it is, um, I think that that's great that they did that and that that was something that resonated with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really cool just to, you know, kind of be surrounded by people who were like, you know, everybody really at the company. And uh, if you're a model and stuff, obviously you care about your image and stuff like that, but it was more about their health and, you know, like you can be heavy and be healthy yeah, and you can be heavy and be unhealthy. There's a Absolutely. difference there. Um, and you could be, you could be rail thin and be heavy and, and, mm -hmm. and unhealthy at the same time. Um, so just to get to know the differences between those two and things, I mean, that's important. And that, that all comes down to mental health and depression and anxiety and all that stuff too. Awesome. It all, they all, uh, you know, share the same space, I think. Absolutely. Cause we, Oh, go ahead, Morgan. Oh, no, I was going to say what you were describing that like concern trolling. I'm just worried about your health. Um, I think that we can see that sometimes in the mental health realm as well, mm -hmm. where um, uh, somehow people want people to get help, but they also don't want them to be in process. And, you know, what Kim and I were talking about, uh, Kim bringing up kind of your relationship with yourself. Um you know, you don't go from, oh, I'm anxious and I can't leave the house to, to now I'm all better. Uh, we, as a society, we love a successful story and we love a before and after, but we struggle to see people in the middle of that. Yeah. Yeah. And no matter what weight we are, no matter what size we are, we still have internal work to do to love self. Right. And that's mm -hmm. why that self-work is so important because I see this all the time. And I know you do too, Morgan, we've talked about this of it's easy to avoid self and try to focus on something externally to control to feel better about self, but it's just running on a hamster wheel. You're never going to be fully happy with self. If you lose 20 pounds or 30 pounds, you're not actually working on getting to know yourself better. Mm -hmm. like, you know, and things that, you know, come into play there. What's my self-talk? What's the inner dialogue in my head? Like a lot of times what I see with people and even whenever it's, we're talking about body image, it's, Oh, I look terrible. Oh, I'm so stupid. I can't believe I did that. Well, if that's how we talk and treat ourselves, how in the hell am I supposed to feel good about myself? So right. people will come in wanting the magic answer. Like, I just want to feel better. I just help me get rid of this anxiety. What should I do? Tell me what to do so that I can feel better. And the answer is always working on the relationship with yourself. And there's no way around that, at least in my eyes. Um, I think in Morgan, you just said this the other day, we were talking about this. The only way out is through. Like, yeah. You can't escape anxiety with a magic answer. And so I think whenever that 
it's easier to judge other people. And most of the time, whenever people are doing that, it is completely reflective of the relationship they have with themselves. Because what healthy person and self-loving person would shame somebody else for eating potato chips, right? Right, yeah. I love potato chips on a side note. So. Who doesn't, <laughs> right? right? I mean, yeah, it's, uh, you know, if, if people sit there and they, and they spend so much time manifesting negative stuff, if yeah. they just did the positive stuff, like you sit there and say, like, I'm so stupid, I'm so uh, fat, I'm so lazy, I'm so this, well, go it like do something that makes you happy and it you don't have to actually have a goal in mind like when i when we take our dog for a walk we don't sit and think about the calories that we're burning we think about the endorphins that they're that we're you know messing with there and it just makes us feel better we get out we breathe some fresh air and we have fun that's it what you're saying, I think is it's such a healthy approach because you're being intuitive about it. Mm-hmm. You're doing yeah. something from a place of this makes me feel good, not because I should do it so that I burn off the chips that I ate. Right. Yeah. Or, and I don't mean to generalize, I'm just generalizing for the conversation, sure. yeah. but it's very popular for people to, again, shame themselves, belittle themselves as if that's going to make one feel better. Mm-hmm. So I definitely encourage people like pay attention to how you talk to yourself, pay attention to the things you say. And I know it's much, much easier said than done because at times it's habit, but it's definitely worth leaning into. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I agree. What are like, I wanted to, I wanted to get into a a positive note here about the pandemic though. I wanted to ask you guys, like, is there something, like I said, I started jamming on the guitar again. Is there something that you guys started to do throughout this? Like, did you take your time and use it wisely? Did you guys start doing something that you've wanted to do for a long time? Good question. I, I'm trying to think if I did one thing in particular, I, Morgan, do you have a better, do you, do you know what's on your mind with yours? I, I have one. Yeah. Um, what I did, uh, during this was I, I said that I worked with that registered dietitian. I did a five month uh, course on intuitive eating to, um, to heal my relationship with food. Um, and so that was, I mean, that was intense, but also very good. I mean, it was something that I got a lot of healing from. Um, I mean, I, I, I got, I decorated some Christmas cookies as well. I mean, like trying to any like fun crafty things. It's a little bit lighter conversation than, um, you know, talking about, uh, disordered eating and healing your relationship with food. But, um, I certainly enjoyed that work and, yeah. you know, where I, the, the healing that I received from it. Um, but I mostly just hung out with the animals a lot more. Mm-hmm. So that, I, don't know. Yeah, I mean, like some so, people, you know, decided to build a deck or put in a pool. Some people I didn't do decided that. to work on themselves. And, you know, I think it's all important that, you know, everyone got the chance one time in this entire world to like just retract from society yeah. and do whatever the fuck they wanted to do. And I thought that's so cool. Being honest, my, I started my business at the start of COVID. Yeah. So I was a little bit more focused there. Um, 
But I did try just maintaining, like, I think of things as the foundation, like how am I eating? How am I sleeping? I was trying to maintain working out because it made me feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, I played hockey with some people too. That oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I, it was a cool thing. It was definitely a fun thing. You throw um, in elbows? <laughs> I, and then I would say, I'm so sorry because I don't want to hurt anybody. <laughs> so I actually hurt somebody. Would you agree too, Kim? I think in some ways, I don't know that Kim and I experienced the same slowdown. I think socially we did, but Kim started her business and filled up right away. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I definitely think that we were also, we were, it's been busy. Yeah. So I kind of struggled to answer that to a degree because yeah. It, it was a different time for me and I'm very grateful and thankful for that with starting my business and it being the right time to be there for people. Um, but that was definitely more of my focus along with trying to maintain self-care. So just like, you know, I would talk to Morgan, I think nearly every night we had conversations, um, just checking in with each other. How are you doing? I think we've been extremely supportive of one another, trying to take my dog out for a walk just to get outside. Um, I was taking him to some group classes just to do things, but Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I had a ton of free time to be honest because of how it happened for me. Yeah. And, and that happened with some people like my wife has not had a day off from work. She's in a health, she's in healthcare. So she's not had to work from home or do any of the things that like normal people are doing. So she's still, this is normal for her. Like, you know, whether this pandemic's happening or not, it doesn't, you know, doesn't really affect her schedule day to day. And I think to that point too, it's very fair to point out both, right? Because I think there have been some people that felt bad to say, I'm so busy. I wish I had a day off because there are so many people that don't have the privilege right now to go to work. And then at the same time, you know, those people too, like, it's okay to complain about having so much time on your hands or not being able to go to work. So it's just one of those things where everybody's been affected differently, but it's all valid. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think too, kind of going off of that, um, because some people were a bit like they were busier. So, you know, if anybody out there, you know, didn't pick up a new, a new hobby. Cause I think we can also shame ourselves for that. Like, Oh, I thought I just needed extra time to get this room cleaned out. Turns out I just didn't want to do it. Yeah. Um, okay. Right. It's okay. If you were stressed and it was just too much. Um, it was, it was, it was too much. So you bring up a good point. I think a lot of people have shamed themselves from not being as productive. Yeah. Right. So even if they did have some time, exactly your example was perfect like oh i guess i just haven't felt doing it <laughs> maybe yeah. that wasn't the time maybe that wasn't the excuse and that's okay yeah absolutely so if you guys had an elevator pitch that you guys could give each one of you you know to the people listening right now i guess what is your piece of advice moving forward into a new year that's a good question i would say So mine tend to be a little bit more elaborate. I don't know if it's an elevator pitch per se, but 
lean in, like allow yourself to be, you don't have to shame yourself to be doing more, doing less, like give yourself permission to feel how you do talk about it, connect. We don't heal from isolation or from holding things to self. So my big pitch would be practice vulnerability, practice connecting, say how you feel. And I guarantee somebody's going to connect with it. It's not just you. That's good. Good info. It's true. It's hundred percent true. Um, I'm so sorry. My phone rang. And so the audio cut out. So I couldn't hear what I'm elevator pitching. I just said, (laughs) you're good. I was just saying what, um, you know, like what advice would you give like the people listening that, you know, moving into this new year, how, how would you, uh, kind of, what's the advice that you would give them? Yeah. Um, just, you know, having patience with yourself and giving yourself permission. I'm all about giving ourselves, like it's, we talk about this all the time, giving ourselves permission, right? So giving yourself permission to be in process. Um, I think we get so focused on where we need to be, uh, but the work is right where we're at. So, you know, I think it's good to know what general direction you're going in, but just making peace and, you know, allowing yourself to be in process and um, not getting too caught up um, in, in our, in our rate of growth. Cause pe- we grow at different rates and we do mm-hmm. things in different amounts of time. So uh, I guess the big take homes are uh, change is hard, uh, have patience with yourself and give yourself permission to be in process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Do you guys, uh, would you guys mind telling people how to get in touch with you if they need to do so? Yeah. So we both have psychology today profiles. So if you just look up our names, our psychology today profiles will pop up and actually our emails are on there. The phone numbers to contact us are on there. And I also have no problem giving you my email. If anybody has a question, I know Morgan and I have both talked about this before and we've put it um, out there, like on our personal pages that even if somebody's trying to find help or they want a therapist, even if it's not me, that's okay. You don't have to see me. You don't have to see Morgan. But if you're looking for somebody, we are more than happy to connect you to the right people, to answer a question that we can to guide you to to the person that might be a good fit for you. Because keep in mind, and I think this is important for people, if you go to a therapist and you you don't feel comfortable, that is okay. We don't take it personally. The relationship is number one. And so you have to feel comfortable with the person you're seeing in order to really be honest and vulnerable and work on yourself. So none of us take it personally. We know we're not a good fit for everybody. Reach out to us if we can help and we will guide you. So sorry, Morgan, I'm totally speaking for you there too. I just know we've talked about this before. Yep. Yeah. And I, I, I do think that that's so important, um, to again, normalize, uh, you know, again, we're therapists and we're human. So that also means we have personalities. And first of all, it's an incredible privilege that, that we get to do what we do, that we get to be involved in somebody's story, that we get to hear, you know, all of the things that they've gone through and, and try to help them make sense of things. Um, so, one, we want to make sure that people are comfortable with us. So um, if it's not a good fit, if there's a specific type of therapist, you know, that's not an ego thing for us. Mm -hmm. 
we will happily, you know, send you to somebody um, that, that we know in the field that we would trust. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Do you guys have, um, do your businesses have Facebook pages or, or uh, websites and things that you could direct people? Yeah. So I do have a Facebook page under my name, under Kimberly Broadus. And then, like I said, with psychology today, it's just a website where you can search therapists. You can see how they work. We both have little blurbs about ourselves mm-hmm. and how we do things on there. So those are the platforms I'm thinking of, Morgan, unless I'm missing. Yeah. One. <clears throat> I have a perf, like a, I have a therapy, um, Instagram page that is very much in process right now. Um, so it has my name and, I'm, and that's I'm, okay. It is okay. It's okay. But, uh, yeah. So people can find me on there too. It's uh, Morgan Zimmerman LMFT. Yeah. Awesome. So good. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's nice to connect with people and especially like, you know, after a conversation like this, you know, I feel like people really get to know kind of, you know, a little bit about who we are as people, you know, you put yourself out there and, you know, I think that this could you know, help people feel more comfortable talking to you guys and stuff. And obviously I'll put those links down in the show notes at the bottom of uh, the description of the episode and things like that. But I just wanted to thank you guys for coming on to the show. I think it was, it was very nice and very therapeutic for me even to sit and talk about, you know, just the goofy things that I've done throughout the pandemic and things like that. And, you know, it is what it is. (laughs) So much for, allowing us to do this and bringing us on to your podcast so that we can have a conversation about vulnerability, emotions, feelings, and experiences. And I just want to give credit to you though, to Jordan, because whenever I was thinking about this, I kept, you kept just kind of coming in my head because I've seen your stuff online and you just seem so comfortable and easy to talk to as well. And you were, so you made this so much fun and I hope that people get something from it. I'm sure they will. Yeah. I mean, like it feels like the people that uh, listen to the show, I think I'm pretty lucky that the people that listen to the show are very supportive and very open types of people. And you know, it's just, it's a good group and I'm very excited. I think they'll definitely get something out of it. So thank you. Thank you so much. This was, this was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed this. Yeah, me too. It was awesome. Why don't you guys stick around real quick and uh, we'll chat a little bit afterwards. All right. There goes Kim and Morgan with some really great advice on how to deal with the uh, crappy situations that we've all been kind of dealing with this entire year. For me personally, I've been doing a lot of things that make me happy, things that I miss doing that I didn't have time to do, and now I do have some more time that I've been able to dedicate to doing them. Um, You know, you could try things like that, or if you feel like you need to talk to somebody, you could do that and reach out to these two ladies and uh, or somebody that you feel very comfortable talking to and, um, you know, do that for yourself. It's very important. Again... This episode of this podcast was brought to you by Brian Nicholas Jewelry. They are right inside of the Pond and Jewelry Exchange. So it's definitely a little hidden gem inside of Greensburg. I mean, they're not your typical jewelry shop. There's no stuffiness. There's no intimidation or anything like that. They're really there to help you out. And the fact that they are a husband and wife team really makes it a welcoming atmosphere. 
As I said earlier, you have access to a master jeweler and a certified appraiser right there on site. You can find them on Instagram, Facebook at Brian Nicholas Jewelry, and uh, you can even just stop in and say, hey, that's how loose the atmosphere is there. It's really cool. Just pop in, say, hey, ask some questions, and they'll tell you what's up. Go check them out. Um, I hope you guys have a fantastic holiday season, and uh, we will see you next week for a new episode. See ya.